I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part, for every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. What's going down? Hey everybody, welcome to a brand new episode of What's Going Down. Normal service has resumed. My name is Kenny McIntosh, joined as always by Mr. Finley Martin. Finn, how are you today? Yeah, I'm all right, Kenny. Yeah, not bad. Not bad at all. How's yourself? I'm good. The sun is shining in Glasgow, which is rare for October. So, you know, enjoy the rays while they last. Exactly. Um, Have you put the heating on yet? Uh, I've only put it on to when I was going away last week I, want, I I did like a quick wash and I put clothes on the radiator and put the heat on for that but not for not for coldness no oh yeah same here it's very mild so I'm all, I think we're also lucky because we've moved that's such dull chat I apologize but basically we used to live in a flat and now we in a tenement flat and now we live in a like three a two bedroom house with an attic thing and the heat tends to stay in this house better then tenement, tenement flats are notorious for getting cold quite easily. So, oh, right, okay. Um, oh, right, okay. But anyway, we are here to talk about SmackDown. We're also going to get a couple of AEW discussion points. As always, if you want to hear more uh, AEW, you can hear um, the Wrestle Dream review, which is going up tonight on Patreon. It will definitely be with Sondra and myself, potentially with Robert as well. We will be diving into the entirety of the show. So do check us out talking about that over at patreon.com forward slash inside the ropes. What are you so, saying a dumb conversation, Kenny? We could read out a copy of the old phone book and it'd be interesting. Only because we deviate and do tangents at every third name. 
He'd be like, Neil Astead. I knew a Neil Astead once, and then go on to have you knew him. Um, yeah, if you, if you ever hear us get into the phone book, you know we've run out of wrestling. I don't um, think they even exist anymore, so that just shows you how old I am. Anyway, let's get a whistle wrestling. <laughs> sure. Well, my, my, just before we do, my version of being old was when I was watching the end of uh, Wrestle Dream that we'll talk about later with Nick Wayne, and I realised I could have fathered Nick Wayne. Wow. Nick, I, I if if I'd if I'd fathered Nick Wayne at nine, 19, if it happened at nineteen, he would be my eighteen year old son today. By the time he was born. <laughs> if that doesn't make you want to just bash your head against the wall, I don't know what does. But well, anyway, with age, Kenny comes experience and wisdom. When does that turn up? <laughs> when does wisdom turn up? I'm looking forward to it. Um, let's talk about SmackDown from this past Friday, Finn in Sacramento. The story of the show was, of course, the Bloodline John Cena saga. We opened the show with Paul Heyman, um, with Solo and uh, Jimmy Uso. Well, Jimmy Uso came out to interrupt, but you know he was there and he was uh, basically you know, the whole story is that Jimmy Uso thinks he's in the Bloodline, and the Bloodline are not really that keen on him. And um, Carl Anderson ends up uh, coming out as a surprise to attack Solo and Jimmy. Uh, this is now OC business. The crowd reacted much more kindly than a crowd could have reacted to Carl Anderson, I thought. Yeah, I mean, it was a good crowd there. They said it was sold out for over 14,000 in attendance. And, you know, the audience is, is very forgiving at the moment. I mean, the audience likes this product right now. And now is the time for acts who are not normally featured to appear on the show because people are more inclined to cheer them because they like the product. Um, but yeah, so Heyman was out there with with um, with Jimmy and Solo, and they said that um, John Cena and AJ Styles were not there. Cena was having transportation problems, and AJ was still in the hospital. And then Carl Anderson, you know, they gloated about that, and they were talking up the match with John Cena. Cena doesn't have a partner. Then Carl Anderson rocked up and attacked the bloodline. But they actually sold for Carl Anderson, and that led to a match. <laughs> and, um, you know, I was like, wow, Carl Anderson's actually having some offense. And um, so that was Carl versus Jimmy. And there was actually a distraction from Solo before Jimmy scored the pin. So Anderson did have a little bit of offense there before he was inevitably beaten. So, you know, he had a little bit of, you know, a little bit of dignity there, Kenny, before he was, you know, put down for the one, two, three. Yeah, yeah. He was, he was, I mean, I don't, I don't know if so, I don't know if Jimmy Uso really needed Solo to help him beat Carl Anderson, but, you know, I guess you're trying to, you're trying to make Carl Anderson feel more of a thing than he has before. So it makes yeah, sense. Um, I, we should mention as well, Kenny, after the match, um, Jimmy and Solo were near the entranceway and Mi Chin came out and slapped Jimmy and Jimmy sold it and fell down. Now I'm thinking, is this going to lead to Ava being um, promoted, recruited from NXT? Because, you know, Ava and Joe Gacy, that's over now. Joe Gacy basically set Ava free and said, you need to find another family. He said that on NXT last week. Yep. So maybe oh. with, with her lineage as part of the bloodline, this could be her as part of the team. I will say, I thought Mishin was actually the start of the, the segment. That slap was tremendous. Oh, yeah, yeah. Brilliant. Yeah, absolutely. And Jimmy really stole it and he fell down. So that was nice to see. And uh, it did feel like, you know, the OC were given a little bit of credit there. 
I mean, Ava, she had the match um, some weeks back, didn't she, with that um, Ivy Nile on NXT? And it was, you know, she looked slightly better there than she had done earlier in the year. I still don't think she's ready for, certainly not ready for matches on the main roster. She might never be ready for matches on the main roster, but she can talk quite well. And maybe she can, you know, be a, you know, valuable contributing player as part of the bloodline, just doing interference and promos and the like. Yeah, I mean, she could. She could. I will say one thing from the Jimmy Uso part of the story that kind of doesn't really make much sense. And they've not spent, I don't think, enough time trying to explain it is that Jimmy Uso, along with Jay, they turned on Roman to go off on their own. And then Jimmy's explanation for turning on Jay was that he didn't want Jay to become the tribal chief. Yeah. But now we're in this position where Jimmy's desperate to be part of the bloodline, which doesn't really add up to the the kind of story we've been told. And I think it's only because the bloodline story has been so good and so well explained through everything that when you get something that's just okay, it kind of stands out a little bit more for me than than, than normal. So I think that's... I totally agree with you, Kenny. The only thing I can think is that they do have a plan for when Roman returns and there will be some type of explanation. Yeah. I mean, I can't really imagine what that explanation will be, but I think <laughs> there will be one because there usually is. Yes, and I think if there wasn't, it would leave a kind of sour taste with us that we don't tend to usually have with the bloodline stuff. So that will hopefully happen when Roman makes his return. I think he's actually due to be on next week's Smackdown, the October 13th episode. So that's when he'll be making his return. It, will not, it couldn't come a moment sooner. I think for me, it's, I, I can't wait to to see him. He yeah. will make that show much better. But So the whole story throughout the show is Jimmy is, so you know, he's beaten up what's left of Hit Row. He's you know shoving production guys around. He's doing everything he can to try and ingratiate himself with the bloodline. And it leads us to the main event segment where John Cena comes out. Is he going to have to go alone at the pay-per-view? Is he going to have to go two-on-one? And we've got the contract out there. And, you know, the bloodline, he brought, he brought the bloodline have left him, you know, laying before. Um, but he signs, he's signing the contract. He's going to do it. He's, it's never give up and all this stuff. And then <laughs> Jimmy and Solo walk out with Heyman. And, of course, that spells uh, trouble for Cena because even though he initially is able to get an upper hand, he can't keep it up. And Solo and Jimmy are able to sort of beat him up. And then LA Knight's music hits as Solo is about to do a top rope. As you predicted last week, Kenny. As as I predicted. You know, I've been hanging about with you for so long, Finn, that the right predictions are just rubbing off on me. So, uh, Mm. see, he monster reaction... He comes out and, you know, the crowd are just so up for it. And he's taking down Solo. He's taking down Jimmy. And Cena recovers and joins in. And Cena and LA Knight are on the same team. I do just want to say before I throw it to you, the pro and the contest. The pro is LA Knight was, was a superstar here. He You know, the crowd loved him. He was the guy. John Cena's performance here was abysmal. <laughs> a terrible pro wrestler. He is. I mean, it's it's just so clunky, isn't it? I it's, mean, it's just it's just like so mechanical. There's just nothing smooth about it at all. Nothing. And then when and then the moment where so we're you know John Cena is this, and I I get that in his 
stupid mind he's trying to put LA Knight over. But Cena is this multi 17 times champion, main evented 10 WrestleManias, however many it is. You know, he's, he's so decorated. Yeah. Above anybody else that's ever wrestled in WWE in their mythology. And when he sees that LA Knight has signed the contract, he's looking like the Undertaker guy in the front row when Undertaker <laughs> lost the streak. Like, he can't even react accordingly to... I mean, this guy's supposed to be an actor. I know! Like, how, how is he this bad? And then the hair. The hair is just... It's so bad. You know, he's... Yeah. he's it's It's... He looks like, he's, from the front, he sometimes looks a bit like he's in Oliver Twist. It's just side-patterned within an inch of his life. You know, he's he's pasty. Like, yeah. Peaky, Peaky Blinders is finished now. <laughs> and yeah. I don't, I don't want to rag on Cena every week because I know that it might seem like it's just my shtick, but I just don't understand how he can be so bad at this. You know, as an example, right, we're going to talk about Edge in a little bit, or Adam Copeland who came to AEW, and you look at when he came out at the end of that show, right, and he did the thing that he did that we'll talk about, right, he was really trying to sell the gravitas of that moment, right, and what yeah. it was and who he was interacting with, people he had interacting with, people he hadn't. And you look at Cena, who is coming in and is just making – he's either making no effort or – because the thing that I find more frustrating is I don't think he doesn't know what he's doing. I think he doesn't care enough to put the real work in. And that's what, to me, is more offensive. But what, yeah. what did you think yeah. of this? I mean, I mean, I, I don't know when I when I first detected this. Maybe two thousand nine, two thousand ten, and I just felt like he was taking the piss out of me for being a, a a fan of WWE or somebody who wrote about WWE or somebody who had a big amount of emotion invested in WWE, and that was always what um, that was that was the way that I construed it. That was Cena to me. He never really took pro. He probably did take pro wrestling quite seriously at the beginning, but I think once he became a star, he he didn't really want to improve anymore, and he knew what he could get away with. And certainly by the two thousand and tens, when people were booing him, and he knew he could get away with anything, and his position was secure, he was unassailable, and you just like he's just making fun of me for taking this seriously and that's absolutely what he's doing in 2023 and in some ways it doesn't matter now because he's a part-timer and you know he's not the main man anymore and he can't do that much damage although I've got to say you know you know Austin Theory is only just recovering from the Cena feud and it's just weird how bad that was for him even though he beat Cena at Wrestlemania and okay, a lot of that as well was that the company kind of lost interest in him for a while. But I think that's possibly connected to the Cena feud. I'm not really sure why they did. And it just feels like Theory's got it back now. It feels like Theory's there again and he's the guy he was before he ran into John Cena. You can see he's got his confidence back now. I think, the you know, the Rock and Pat McAfee segment, you know, that's just, you know, he's, his tank is filled to the brim again. Uh, and it had been massively diminished by the Cena series. But you're right, here on SmackDown, he just, he was like, yeah, he was just like hamming it up. It's just this levels of ham that you just don't need in these segments. And he was like acting like this sort of giddy mark, wasn't it? 
LA Knight signed the contract. You know, this is the greatest moment of my life. And he's like really excited. It's like you're overreacting. Don't overreact. You just look, to, you look absurd. And LA Knight's supposed to be a cool character. And by associating with Cena, that is potentially under threat, isn't it, Kenny? Yeah, because he just, the thing with Cena is that he, he thinks in his mind, apparently, I really struggle to think that someone who has done this for so long and has been so successful can be this dumb. But he, he seems to think that he's putting him over. And I would encourage John Cena to go and watch 2015 John Cena or 2016 John Cena when he was, when he was trying and he was better than he had been five years before that. Not great, but better. Like, maybe he can channel that guy again, because this guy is... I can't really think of somebody on his level who has... I mean, can you imagine Steve Austin coming back and doing something this bad? Or The Rock? Or even Goldberg? Even when Goldberg's come back and done crap runs, yeah, he's still been Goldberg, right? Yeah, yeah, that's it. He's taking it seriously, hasn't he, Goldberg? And that, in some ways, was... Goldberg's downfall it kind of took it a little bit too seriously but when he was when he was setting things up he was not he was not clowning around or like you know just I mean he was there like you know I I will honor this contract if no one wants to team with me and his voice is breaking like he's doing some emotional scene in a academy award-winning movie you know he's entire like platoon have just been wiped out this is no see you know it's just a match you know you don't have to overreact like that and as i say he's supposed to be an actor and he's been doing this wrestling thing for over two decades and um i don't know i've I've always found him to be an odd character i've never i always felt like yeah he never really took pro wrestling seriously certainly after he became a star and to him it was always a bit of a a bit of a joke and um you know, and the joke was on us. And it certainly feels that way now in 2023. But, you know, I mean, it'll still be good for Knight. I mean, Knight almost seems like he's he, he's over in spite of Cena. You know, Cena's this annoying yeah. little brother that's kind of been yeah. tagged along. because That's it, yeah. That's absolutely Knight. Knight, you can see he's sort of putting this emotional distance between himself and Cena. Yeah. And he's not there, like, high-fiving him and shaking his hand and like, yay! You know, he's... I think he's well aware of Cena's game and what Cena could potentially, the effect Cena could potentially have on him, you know, in terms of it being good or very bad. So I think he's just, he'll probably be breathing a huge sigh of relief when this match is over at Fastlane. I think he will be anyway. I imagine they're going to win. I hope they do. Yeah. Um, And and it's occurred to me, Kenny, that this is probably going to lead LA Knight in the direction of Roman Reigns. And I, as I said, I think last week, or no, I think it was the week before, I'm not quite sure how that's going to play out. That also, that could be really good for him. I think he's going to be in safer hands with Roman Reigns than he is with John Cena. Yeah, for sure. I will say this. If you were to, I truly believe this. If you were to sit down, anyone who's listened to this, if you were to find someone, one of your friends or one of your family who does not watch wrestling, and you were to sit and show them this Cena early night segment, you just said, right, all I'm going to tell you is one of these guys is a star on the rise who's trying to get like a rub to be a bigger star, and the other one is a famous actor in Hollywood. None of them would pick John Cena <laughs> as the famous actor in Hollywood. I guarantee it. 
Watch it back with that lens. And it's staggering. It's staggering. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Anyway, yeah. elsewhere on SmackDown, a couple of other things before we move on. Um, we did have another great vignette for Elton Prince. Uh, I just, they're so funny. The uh, the Elton Strong vignettes were pretty deadly. Really enjoying them. Yeah. Uh, but the big match on the show was Rey Mysterio and Santos Escobar for the United States title. They got a long time. They got 20 minutes. And in the end, Escobar couldn't get the job done. Ray gets the win. And afterwards, while es- Escobar looks like he's kind of contemplating whether he could do the handshake to, to Ray, the Street Profits come in. They ambush them. They beat up the LWO. And Lashley comes out with a big smile on his face. And he's happy that his his guys seem to have got that oomph that he wanted them to have. But I thought this was pretty well done, the way they kind of didn't let you get a chance to see what Escobar was going to do. Yeah, I mean, we, we all assumed that Escobar was going to do the turn and um, we're kind of anticipating that. We should mention that uh, Bobby Lashley had been a guest on the Grayson Waller Effect prior to this. Yeah. Um, you know, Street Profits came out wearing suits. You know, Lashley said to Montez Ford and Angela Dawkins, you know, to show them something. You know, you've got to show me something. Um, and Lashley left. Um, and then we actually had the Austin Theory versus Cameron Grimes match. I completely forgot that Cameron Grimes existed, Kenny. As did I. I mean, As yeah. Did I. Uh, and Grimes actually, you know, very much like Kyle Anderson, Grimes had a lot of offense here. Um, and there had to be a distraction um, by Grayson Waller towards Grimes um, for Theory to take the upper hand. He hurled Grimes into the ring post. Grimes took this hell of a bump into the ring post. And then Theory won uh, with the A-Town down. And then we had a little uh, confrontation there between Theory and Dragon Lee, who was in the front row. That's going to lead to a match this week. But yeah, the Mysterio Escobar match. Yeah, it was a long match. I I thought it was kind of slow at first, but I mean, that was the point of it. You know, it was a face versus face match, and sometimes they don't these don't play that well with an audience. But as I said earlier, you know, the fans are so into the product right now that they got into the match, and the match I think really did catch fire at the end there. Um, and uh, you know, some really good false finishes there. It's like, wow, that's got to be the ending. It's like, no, it's a kick out, and um, Escobar um, thought he had Ray and Ray. I think reversed. I think it was the Phantom Driver, Kenny. I think it was, and scored the pin, didn't he? It was yes. kind of a bit of a fluke pin, but it protected Escobar on the finish. And Escobar afterwards was like devastated. I can't believe I couldn't beat Ray. And you know, 
Easy dropping hints that he's going to turn. And before he could do so, the Street Profits showed Bobby Lashley something. And they ran in and beat down Rey Mysterio and Escobar. And then Bobby Lashley came out in glasses, a caddy in a tie, looking like, you know, the world's largest chemistry teacher. And he applauded the Profits. You know, well done, lads. So uh, Job well done. Well done. And then afterwards, yeah, Rey Mysterio... And Santos Escobar, they challenged Lashley and the Street Profits to a match at Fastlane. I'm sorry it took a long time to explain it there, but there was a lot to get through, Kenny. There was. There was a lot going on, and that is leading us to the match at Fastlane. Uh, the last thing on SmackDown I just wanted to get your thoughts on was we had a match with Charlotte Flair and Bailey, where Charlotte beforehand basically dressed Bailey down, <laughs> said that she used to be the measuring stick. Uh, or she said that she's the measuring stick and Bailey's a stepping stone, but she used to be one of the four horsewomen. What's happened to her? And then Charlotte goes on to defeat Bailey. <laughs> so, um, and um, and then it leads to damage control uh, surrounding the ring. But Asuka ran down to make the save, and Bailey then, and that's going to lead us to the match at Fastlane. Um, yeah. and Bailey volunteered EO Sky to defend against Charlotte and Asuka at Fastlane, and EO Sky wasn't happy. No, she was not happy at being sort of told on her behalf that she has to face Charlotte and Asuka at Fastlane. Uh, so we've got that kind of, you know, because we have, there has been a kind of hint of dissension between EO and Bailey since EO won won the briefcase, won the then won the match uh, at SummerSlam. So they're, they're keeping it going. Maybe we'll see Bailey turn on EO at Fastlane. Who knows? I was quite underwhelmed by Charlotte and Bailey. I've got to say, I just. It didn't really do much for me. Did it? Did it float your boat at all, Finn? I actually, I actually thought it was the best Charlotte Flair performance in a very long time, and uh, she looked like she wanted to be there. Um, everything I thought looked looked decent. I thought they could have gone a little bit longer, and the spear finish just sort of came from out of nowhere. But Bailey's always a riot. I just think she's hilarious, and she gets like she's so angry in there. She's angry at Michael Cole. She's angry at Charlotte. She's angry at the fans. You start yelling, I don't want your cheers, and which is just hilarious because Charlotte's supposed to be the face, but of course she's totally miscast as the face and should be a heel, and we've been over that a million times. So, I mean, yeah, I thought the match was better than expected, and afterwards they were going to beat Charlotte down, and then Asuka came out sans makeup and stood with Charlotte. It looks like Asuka's now a face, but, you know, that's a better role for her. And then that led to Bailey, you know, just volunteering, as I said, uh, EO to defend against uh, Charlotte and Asuka in a triple threat fast lane and EO was like what are you doing so I mean I was I was amused by it I think what's really you know left you disheartened Kenny is that it's you know you, there's the threat there isn't there of another Charlotte Flair title reign that's what's do, that's what's leaving you demoralized isn't it yeah because that's all that's always the ending the ending to the story is always the same is that she she tends to conquer at the end all the time. And you know, I, I still don't think she's a very good baby face, I've got to say. I think that she she's a great star, but she just she's a heel. She is she's not a baby face. And I know people yep. cheat her because they like the fact she's a star, but yeah, it just does, does, doesn't work for me, brother, as our friend would say, her old friend Hulk. Uh <laughs> let's move on to um a quick, inju- a quick injury note that we didn't really get a chance to speak about the weekend. Um, Adam Cole, famously at the Arthur Ashe Dynamite Grand Slam show, had come in to come in to sort of save 
uh, or committed to help MJF in his match against Samoa Joe by giving him some moral support. But when That's he ran, it. cheering him on from ringside. Yes, just as I would be doing for you, Finn, if you were in there fighting Thank for the you. title. I would be there, but I would hope that I would not jump off of a ramp and potentially fuck my ankle. I mean, it was really high as well, wasn't the ramp? Because they showed it the following week, last week's Dynamite, yeah. they showed how high the drop was, and it was pretty high, wasn't it? Yeah, really, really high. And obviously, you got you got a feel for Adam Cole. He's in the run of his career. He does this jump, which, you know, I'm sure nine times out of ten, that jump would be fine. And you would make it and it wouldn't be a problem. But if you watch it back, he's trying to kind of shake it off. And then when he has to get in to kind of take the the bit of tape that MJF used in the end to choke out Joe, he's limping really badly. So yeah. he's going to be having surgery. He's broke his ankle in three places. Bloody hell. But, I, but CM Punk did, his injury was more in his foot generally than the ankle. But he had surgery and he was back in three months. So hopefully... Adam Cole will not be out too long, but I mean, for for me, if I'm Adam Cole, I mean, doc, doctors are going to have their view on what they want you doing. But as soon as he's able to travel, I would want to be on TV and be, you know, because they can do loads of stuff with him and the 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 brace and stuff where he can just be kind of not physical and doing skits and stuff. So I'm hopeful for him that he gets to kind of keep on this run whenever he comes back. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, in the in the uh, meantime, you know what Adam Cole needs to do? He What's needs that? to find a place where he can get a good spray tan. Why is his spray tan still so terrible, Kenny? It just looks awful. Yeah. Anyway, back to the injury. You're right. That's a serious injury. And um, yeah, he's, in a, he's on a good run right now. I mean, it was a good sign. They, they did the skit on the boat the following week. So I think they are going to keep it going. I'm sure he's maybe going to have like one or two weeks off. But I would think they'll just film segments. I imagine yeah. they will they will find ways to keep him on TV and to keep this story going because MGF needs it as well, doesn't he? Yes, he because they they built the they built the whole character on their relationship at the moment, so it, yeah. it's a I mean, big part. I mean, it was possible that they were going to maybe have the match at full gear, so obviously that's going to be delayed now. But um, in some ways, I mean. A lot of people are really enjoying the Adam Cole MGF partnership, so it being prolonged could be a good thing for for them and for the yep. match. So, yeah, yeah, I agree. Absolutely, I agree. Yeah. But yeah so, it's... but yeah, ankle broken in three places. I mean that that's a bad injury. So, um, yeah, yeah, that's a bad injury. And uh, um, do, do we know when it, has he gone undergone surgery yet? I think he. I don't know when he's undergoing surgery. I know that he hadn't had. I don't think he had the surgery by Wednesday. So when is the surgery? Let me try and find an answer. I mean, they usually try and get. I mean, if it's in WWE, they basically get you in within like two days, don't they? Yeah, I think his. I think his his surgery will have happened by now. Yeah, um, because obviously, I, I think they probably did. They probably had him at TV because they wanted to, you know, kind of write it off. So yeah, uh, but yeah, best wishes to him. We hope he is back and better than ever soon. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, there's, ask... there's, there's no waiting lists over there, but there again, it's costing a hell of a lot of money, isn't it? Yeah. And, you know, I'm sure AEW are totally taking care of that for him and he's he's not going to see a bill. Oh, no, that's... no, I'm sure he won't. Be. You know, the big wrestling companies, that's one of the good things where if you get injured on the job, they do really take care of you. So that I'm sure he will be in the best of, of care. Uh, but I do want to ask you about the debut of Adam Copeland at Wrestle Dream, the rated R superstar. 
apparently WWE had uh, let that trademark go. This has been picked up by Tony Khan. And the uh, Darby Allen has two out of three falls match with Christian Cage. And in the end, Christian won when Nick Wayne turned on Darby, which was quite a logical turn if you think about the fact that Darby decided to stay friends with AR Fox, who had tried to murder Nick Wayne. So <laughs> karma's coming to get Darby. But then we have a beatdown. Sting comes out to try and help. And we're about to get a concerto on Sting when we get a video uh, that has uh, a, a mystery figure. And then we hear You Think You Know Me and the Alter Bridge song. Uh, Metalingus' plays. It has now been licensed to AEW. Out comes Adam Copeland. He comes out. He teases he's going to concerto Sting. And then he ends up taking out the heels. And he stands tall with Sting and Darby Allen. Shakes their hands. Big debut. Big moment for him. What do you think? And what are your kind of thoughts on him going forward now he's going to be in AEW? I mean, we we did spend quite a bit of time talking about the potential of this, didn't we? Mm-hmm. After the Sheamus match, and we figured that I can't remember what we said. Um, I can't remember what we said. We did, we did quick... talk about how there was there was a lot more fresh opponents for him. In yeah, I mean, there was yeah, there was nothing left for him in WWE. I mean, to me, the Sheamus match was his retirement match. There, that was his farewell. There's there's nothing left. There was nothing left for him in WWE. So if he wanted to continue his career, which he obviously does, this was the right move for him. So He did, he did say this, just to just for people who haven't heard it, he, uh, he said after the show, as some of you may know, I'm no longer with WWE, my new home is AEW, I'm excited, whole new roster, some familiar faces that I want to work with again, and a whole set of first ever matches, new challenges, and if you've followed my career, you know that's what I'm driven by. But first and foremost, I want to address my 25 years with WWE. I love WWE and appreciate everything the company did for me. Always have, always will. They put me on the map, gave me amazing opportunities, and through hard work on both ends, I've been supplied with a wonderful life. I've met the women I start my family with, but sometimes relationships just grow apart, and I feel the WWE and I have just outgrown each other. I wanted to do more. They didn't have much more for me to do. Simple as that. That's okay. I'll still be watching and still be supporting all of my friends there. So a classy statement as well. Yeah, yeah, very gracious thing to say and, and a way of, of taking the, you know, the heat out of, you know, the tribal element that we know exists in pro wrestling. I'm sure I I don't really read that many comments on Twitter, certainly the bile out there because I'm not interested. I just don't need that in my life. Um, I imagine a lot of people were knocking him and calling him a traitor and blah, blah, blah. I mean, you know, I don't blame him for going. I mean, there was nothing else to say. His career in WWE was over. So um, yeah. this is where his career will continue, and um, you know we'll see what happens, Kenny. I mean, it's, I mean, it's another ex WWE star whose presence you know will eclipse the youngsters in AEW. There's going to be fewer minutes of TV time available for the AEW people each week because you know this is big money, Adam. You know he's they're paying him a lot of cash, so he's going to be a big part of the show, which means that someone else won't be. Uh, they're going to be like demoted to Rampage, which, you know, I think last week drew like 363,000 viewers. I mean, it hasn't, I think Rampage has drawn over, had has hit 14,000 viewers in about six weeks, uh, has hit 40, 400,000 viewers in like six weeks. Mm-hmm. So it's, um, in some ways, I can understand if I was an AEW wrestler, I would probably resent this acquisition because there's so much talent in AEW. 
And there's so many people there who are not really doing much. Yeah. And it does feel like Tony's just had this opportunity to sign another big star and it's a new toy and, you know, wow, you know, I can hire him. And, oh, you know, my focus is now going to be on this new guy rather than these people that I've grown bored with. So I can imagine that there's going to be some concern there in the AEW locker room and understandably so. Um, you know, we'll see, we'll see what happens, Kenny. I mean, I don't really want to knock the guy because he's obviously talented. Um, and maybe he can do some good stuff in AEW. So I'm not going to, I don't really feel like he did a whole lot that I would want to watch twice in WWE in 2023. Um, you know, I didn't really think he did a whole lot that was that exciting in 2022 in WWE. Um, I thought he was a big part of the Dominic heel turn. I thought he yeah. was really there. I can't really think of much else that he did in 2022 that I would say, yeah, that was, you know, that was bold or that was, you know, really made a difference or really helped or was really memorable. Um, but I mean, maybe in AEW, he can bring a new slant to things. And um, I mean, Christian Cage, let's, we haven't really talked about how amazing Christian Cage has been. Unreal. It's just absolutely fantastic. So, I mean, I think there's definitely mileage between Edge and Christian. Um, but, of course, the flip side to that is <laughs> they first feuded in 2001. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's that, it's, it's that thing, isn't it, where it's like if, if WWE brings CM Punk in to, to later this year, early next year, which is a real possibility they might do it, you yeah. know, that would take spots away from younger WWE people as well. And that's the, the business, unfortunately, is if there's a big name and you have space for a big name, I think... I imagine Tony Khan thought I need to get you know if there's a big name available to you and you've lost Punk, I get I get the decision to do it, and I think WWE on on the other hand would do the same thing. But I mean, it is I saw a thing where Adam Copeland was saying he's going to be full time, like he's going to be there all the time, and that's going to be interesting because in WWE he was part time, he was there for a couple of months, then he was away, then he was there for a couple of months, then he was away. So full time can. Be, be a double-edged sword. Yeah. Because it can be good that you're there all the time because you, you don't feel like this part-time guy, but then you know, you've got to come up with new stuff all the time. You've got to be there every week sort of working with younger people. And I mean, I, th- I think the reaction for him was great. I'm glad that he looks motivated, but it'll be interesting. You know, when we're this time next year, seeing how his first year has been in AEW. But I mean, in WWE, they didn't even put him on SummerSlam. So they obviously just didn't feel that they they wanted to use him much more, and AEW do. So, yeah, I'm yeah. curious to see how it goes for him. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, I mean, the thing is, we talked a lot about the Finn Balor match, you know, yeah. WrestleMania, didn't we? And um, to me, it's why did he win? I've said this before. It's just Balor should have won that one. Yeah. And um, to be honest, I don't know whether he, how hard he fought for Balor to win that match. Maybe he did. Maybe he didn't. But you're like, well, what exactly did you bring to WrestleMania by beating this guy? I mean, Finn Balor's no rookie. I mean, he's been doing this for a long time, but that would have been huge for Balor had he beaten Edge. And it really took until Balor became tag team champion to, you know, really sort of recover from that. I think that was a huge setback for him. So, I mean, what's Edge going to do? Who's he going to put over? Um, I mean, it seems at first to probably start off with a six-man, I guess. With him yeah. and Darby and Sting versus Christian and Luchasaurus and uh, Nick Wayne, um, 
So, I mean, that'll be a start. I mean, I think it will be well received. And there is, you know, some, there will be some nostalgic value in watching Edge and Christian again. Um, but I mean, who's Edge really going to work with and put over? Yeah, and uh, I'm not really sure about that. Yeah, it'll be intriguing to see. And I'm, I echo your statements as well. Christian has just been so good. I watched that two out of three falls match with Darby last night at Wrestle Dream. And, you know, he was. They had this match, which kind of was a Derby style match in a lot of ways, but Christian really protected him through through everything that he could. And the one spot that was really bad for Derby was a move that Derby did himself. You know, sort of a bump that he took himself. So I think Christian's been great. And yeah, I mean the 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 stuff with Nick Wayne makes sense. It makes you know the turn makes sense and in wrestling it's like Drew McIntyre and WWE when turns make sense, they're really good. When turns yeah. happen, you go, "Why did that happen?" I don't get it. It doesn't. It actually is detrimental to the the show. Then that's when you've got problems. But we will keep an eye on Mister Copeland in in AEW, and uh, yeah, listen to Sandra and I, and potentially Robert tonight do a full review of Wrestle Dream. And Finn and I will be back on Thursday. We're going to do Power Slam. We'll talk Raw. We'll have news, and then in the overrun, we'll go back to doing our Power Slam magazine reviews. So exactly, we'll talk a bit about No Mercy. Yes, because I, I've, I've, not, I've not had a chance to see it yet, so I'm going to watch the top matches before we record on Thursday. So uh, I'm looking forward to watching the Ilya Dragunov match uh, with uh, Carmelo, and I'm looking forward to watching Britain, uh, Brittany, Becky, and Tiffany as well. So we will talk yes. about those on both Thursday. of those matches lived up to the hype, Kenny. Yes, I've heard very good things. Excited to watch them. So, yeah, thank you for all your support, everybody. InsideTheRopesMagazine.com is where you can pick up the mag, as always, and Patreon.com forward slash InsideTheRopes to support us more and hear daily content. So you can hear us weeping at Unforgiven 2003 because we know that the reign of terror will continue sooner rather than later. So (laughs) uh, thank you for all your support, and we'll talk to you soon. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.